Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Church, we are really blessed to have Pastor David coming to share God's Word with us this morning. David leads our young adult ministry as well as community outreach. And he's got a real heart and passion to see people encounter the life-transforming message, the good news of the Gospel. So I'd love it if you could make our brother David feel really welcome as he comes to share with us now. It'd be great. Thank you. Thanks, Nath. <clears throat> great, to, um, great to share with you this morning. I'm going to um, pray and then we'll uh, continue in our service together. Father, <clears throat> it is great to, um, uh, to worship You this morning, to be here together this morning, great God. And um, there's something powerful about meeting together and just with a heart of expectation. And, you know, I kind of prayed it um, before in the first service, Lord, but we don't want to come with just a spirit of like, oh, you know, is this for me? Or just um, feeling laxed about it in some way or another. We wanna come with a, a, a spirit of hunger and, and wanting you to speak to our hearts. And I'm convinced, great God, that that's exactly what you do, that your word is powerful like a double-edged sword and it does speak. And we pray this morning right now that you would speak to our hearts and you would challenge us. And um, Father, we pray that it'd be more than information, but, but a transformation that takes place and that you'd compel us to take action in our lives, great God, as you equip us as well. So um, bless this time together, Lord. We just open our hearts up to you and uh, we pray, Father, that you would speak this morning. So yeah, Lord, we uh, commit this time to you now in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen, amen. Like I said, it's great to um, share with you this morning and um, there's something, there is something powerful about meeting together and, and, uh, and sharing and encouraging one another. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, a couple of baptisms in our Sunday night service and they were just so powerful. I, I never grow old, I never grow tired of hearing uh, stories of of how people's lives have been changed and transformed. There's something so amazing about it and powerful about it. And, and you know, Sunday, the last oh, two weeks ago, or whatever it was, that Sunday night when we had those two baptisms, it, it was the same. It was just so powerful. And there I was sitting in the front row and uh, two young adult girls just sharing about what God has done. And as they shared, I just, I always get so emotional and, and just, I just think, thank you so much, God. Thank you, God, for what you do. This is, this is exactly what you do. You change and transform people's lives. And uh, as uh, the two, uh, two young adults shared, and, but I was, I was particularly impacted by the, the second testimony as Elle just shared a bit of her story. They were both powerful in their unique way, but I, I think maybe as I could really relate to Elle's story and her story was growing up and had no church background and um, you know didn't grow up in a Christian home, hadn't necessarily gone to church much in her life, but she encountered a family that really had a huge impact on her and, and she experienced the love of Christ as she began to uh, live in this community with this family and, and, uh, and her life was just transformed and she testified to that and how God had changed her and she was emotional I was sitting in the front row emotional because I was like, this, there's nothing better. There's literally nothing better. And I said to God, and I, I said it, I said it to God when I first came to faith. But as I'm sitting there in the front row and tears are welling up and I just said to God, I said, God, if you would use my life to point people towards you like this, I'm in. I am literally all in. Like I'm sold out for this because there is no greater joy, no greater thrill than seeing a life that has been transformed. But you know what? This, is what? this is what God is in the business of doing. This is what He does. He transforms people's lives. And too often, there's a misconception that, you know, uh, and maybe you've felt it, maybe you've experienced it, maybe even as you watch online, you've felt like this. It's the very reason why you haven't maybe attended or come yet because you think, I'm just checking out online. And the, the reason is this, is because you feel, I, I just need to become a bit better as a person. I just need to clean up my life. I just need things to be sort of cleaned up a little bit more in my life. And then, and then if there is a God, then He'll accept me, then He'll love me, and then and he'll value me once I kind of clean things up a little bit. And there's really good news, really good news, because that's just not how it works. And that's just not the character of our God. He's so merciful and He's so gracious that actually you just come as you are. Uh, if you've got a broken past, if you've got history, if you've got stuff even going on in your own personal life right now, you just come as you are and you just say, God, help me. I, I, need, I need help. I need a saviour. And, and that's what he does. He works in our hearts and he cleans up our lives and he, and he renovates our life. It's, it's really quite extraordinary. It's quite amazing. 
And so, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, as they, uh, these two girls shared their testimony and shared of how God did that in their life. I was just so encouraged, so encouraged, so stirred up. But like I said, there's, there's misconceptions sometimes around the character of God. I think I've shared this once before, so I apologise. But, but, but I just remember, and I remember I felt like this because when I first, my mate was inviting me to come to church every Sunday, come to church, come to church. And I had every reason under the sun, but after three months, I, I mean, what more could I say? Three months every Sunday. And, uh, and so he picked me up and he dragged me here. And it was the first, first time I ever stepped foot into a church, but I was really impacted and I kept coming back. And uh, when I kept coming back one day, we were at Aspley Mackers and I said to my mate, I said, mate, if you're getting into heaven, I'm gonna romp it in, like dead set romp it in. Because I had the assumption that I think a lot of people in our society and our culture today have the assumption that if you're, if you're fairly good, if there's a good God out there, then surely He'll just let, you know, good people into heaven. And I just kind of thought, you know, uh, you know, He grew up in faith and all this sort of stuff, but we kind of grew up together and we did a few, you know, like not so great things together. So I thought, well, if He's going to heaven, surely I'll get in. Because I just thought, you know, you've got to be fairly good. And that's the assumption out there. And yet, and then you discover the, the beautiful character of God. He's literally amazing. He's the most, the great, I'm telling you now, He's the greatest Father you'll ever encounter. I don't care what anyone says. If you encounter Him, your life will never be the same. He is the great, maybe you've been let down in this life. I'm telling you, your heavenly Father will never let you down. He, he can't, it's just not in His character. He's literally amazing. He's amazing. And, uh, and so nearly got a clap, but don't, that's all right, I'm gonna keep going. Uh, um, oh, come on. Uh, but he, he is, he's literally amazing. If you wanna clap or don't clap, I don't mind either way, I don't care. I just think this is amazing. But uh, he's incredible. But this is the character of who he is. He changes lives and you don't need to, uh, you don't need to fix up your life. You don't need to become better. He, this is what he does. He transforms a person's life. And this is throughout the Bible. This is throughout history. It's in his Bible time and time again, using just ordinary, very normal, broken people, broken people. And he transforms their lives and he uses them to transform other people's lives. It's really quite remarkable. In, uh, in Mark, we were doing a series and then we kind of got on this 21 days of prayer. But how good was that? Just praying specifically for revival. We're back onto Mark though now. We're back in that book. And in Mark 2, this, there's this great, this great passage, these few verses here in Mark 2, verse 13. This is Jesus. It says, once again, Jesus went out beside the lake and a large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, who was Matthew, Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. I love Matthew, I love Levi's response in this moment. Now it's believed that, that Matthew had seen Jesus prior to this and maybe seen some miracles that Jesus has done. So he, he'd kind of seen there's something here, there's something in this, but I love his response. Jesus simply walks by and he says, hey, come and follow me. And he leaves everything behind and he follows him. It's really quite powerful. Now it's believed that for, for Matthew, now he was, he was an outcast. I love this, I love this. Listen, the, the people Jesus chooses. It's amazing, he was an outcast of society, quite, quite hated really by a lot of people, a tax collector that, that was despised by most people and particularly being a Jew and then working for Rome and, and like at a toll booth, taking people's money and then taking some for himself. He was despised by society and by people. And of all people, Jesus says, yeah, yeah, I wanna use you. You're the one that I want you to, I want you to follow me and then I'll use your life to transform the world. Like, have you literally ever felt before, nah, my life couldn't be used by God? Read the Bible. It is full of people that are incredibly ordinary and, and broken and literally seem like there's no way, you know, God could use their life and yet He does. And he calls Matthew, he's despised by people and society and he uses, the, he uses him to impact the lives around him. And we're reading about it this very day. William Lane, he writes in one of his book, The Gospel According to Mark, he says this, when a Jew entered the customs service, he was regarded as an outcast from society. 
He was disqualified as a judge or a witness in a court session, was excommunicated from the synagogue. And in the eyes of the community, his disgrace extended to his family. And yet here's Jesus, the Son of God. What is he doing? He's saying, I want want to show you the character of my heavenly Father. And he takes this man and he says, yeah, you're the one I choose. You're the one, you're the one. I want you to follow me and I want to use your life. Some of you have thought, you've thought before, I can't, I can't be used by God. I just, I got too much baggage. There's too much stuff in my life, my family, my, you know, all this stuff. You are literally the right person. You're the right person. If you've ever wondered that. And I get it though, because that's, that's how we feel. That's how our culture and society and those of you that are listening online, listening via podcast, whatever it might be, that's how we feel sometimes. Recently, uh, we went and did an interview thing with a young adult girl that um, has experienced a life transformation. And as we interviewed her just a couple of weeks ago, um, it was really interesting because she shared about, very similar, didn't have much of a faith upbringing and and, but she said she would go to church maybe at Easter or, or Christmas growing up um, with her family. And, but recently there were some things going on in her life and she th- thought about you know, exploring church again and uh, discovered an online service and started watching. And she, she spoke about how she watched for a couple of months, a few months, um, but she said, I, I, I could never attend. I, I thought there's no way I could attend because I just knew I wasn't my life needed to be straightened up, basically. And she said, I just need to clean up my life a little bit. And so I thought, I'll work on that. And then when I've done that, then I'll attend church. And uh, I don't know if she, she started to do that, but, but eventually after a few months, she came to a service here. But over time, she began to discover that this isn't the character of God. She didn't need to clean up her life. You know, she, she could just come as she, she was and, and she did start attending. And as she attended one night, an opportunity uh, to respond uh, was opened up and she responded that very night and her life was transformed. And she said, I, I, I then discovered the truth that you just come as you are and then, and then God cleans up your life. It's an extraordinary thing. But we, we sometimes think it's the other way, which is crazy. But, but that's just kind of the world and the culture that we live in. Isn't it? It's an interesting thing. I, I don't know if you do this, but, but it's kind of like this in a way. Uh, I have witnessed firsthand, uh, I have witnessed firsthand at home in the kitchen, somebody very intentionally cleaning the dishes very well and then putting it in the dishwasher. Now, I, I, I'm just, I don't, I'm no judgment here because some of you will do that, right? But I find it very interesting. I really do. Because here's this machine, right? And it's an amazing machine. You just put it in, it cleans it overnight. If you put it on overnight or whatever, and they come out clean. It's an extraordinary thing. But I've seen firsthand the dishes get extraordinarily well cleaned first, then go in the dishwasher, which I think, why, why worry about the dishwasher then? Now, I just want to clarify, because someone came to me after the eight and they said, no, no, David, you don't understand. It clogs the pipes of the dishwasher. That's why, that's why you clean it. And I said, oh, no, no, I get it. I said, but I'm talking about, you know, one of those, you know, one of those amazing sponge things where you put the dishwasher detergent in the handle and you wash it. They are quite amazing. I'm talking that clean. I'm talking water running, like scrubbing the dish, then going in. That's how clean. And he said, oh, oh, no, no, I don't do that. Like that, yeah, that's crazy. And I said, that's what I'm talking about. Now I've witnessed it firsthand on several occasions, this taking place. And I think it's crazy, it's wild. Like why clean it and then put in the thing that cleans it? You know what I mean? But this is how we look at faith. Uh, Another person I spoke to between services said, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I wanted to join the gym to get fit. And they said, but before I went, I thought I've got to get fit so that I can look good at the gym. (laughs) So that I can look good at the gym. So they started working out before they went to the gym so they could look good. It's crazy. That's why you go to the gym to look good to get fit. But this is how we treat faith sometimes. We think I'll clean up my life, then God will accept me. Well, there's really good news today. It's not like that in faith. It's not like that in Christianity. God's amazing. He doesn't need you to look fit or look cleaner before you come to Him. You just come to Him and He says, don't worry, I'll clean your life. Don't worry, I'll I'll work it out for you. It's really great news, really great news. And so you just come as you are. 
And so if you've ever questioned, if you've ever wondered, oh, surely God couldn't use my life. I came across this and maybe you've seen it before, but Abraham was far too old. Jacob was a liar. Gideon was afraid. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were considered too young. David had an affair. Moses was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal at one point. Jonah ran from God and Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. The Samaritan woman was divorced five times. Mary Magdalene was demon possessed. Martha worried about everything. John the Baptist ate bugs and Lazarus was dead. I mean, and yet God used these people. God used them. Have you ever thought, no, God couldn't use me? Don't believe it for a second. He'll use you. He'll use you. If you think, oh, my, you know, my background, now all this sort of stuff, you're the, you're the greatest candidate. He says, no, you're right. I choose you, follow me, follow me, follow me, and I'll use your life. It's really good news, really good news. Don't think for a second that your life is unusable. This is what He does. This is what God does. It's so amazing. And so while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. So here Jesus encounters Levi, encounters Matthew, and he says, hey, follow me. And Matthew leaves everything behind, everything behind. It would have been uh, difficult for Matthew to, you know, if it didn't work out, so to speak, it would have been difficult for Matthew to go back to his job. Maybe Peter could have gone back to fishing, but not Matthew. He left it all behind and he said, I'm in, I'll follow you, Jesus. And that's exactly what he does. And then he throws this, this party, this dinner party, which is amazing. And look who's there. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him. Why? Because that was the the friendship groups that Matthew hung out with. And so he just invites all these people over and here Jesus is eating dinner with them, which is such an intimate thing for him to do. The Son of God eating with these people. It's extraordinary. The word sinners in this passage here in verse 15, as used here, refers to people of bad reputation in the community, people who were well known as sinners, other tax collectors, prostitutes, adulterers and social outcasts. This is, this is the heart of God. Do you see it? Do you see it? It's the heart of God. He says, I value these people. And if God values these people, then His church must value these people. And I think we do, I think we do. But this is, this is God's heart. He values every soul. There's no one that is too far gone. There was no one that is, is out of the reach of our heavenly Father. And so here's Matthew, he's throwing this party. It's really quite an extraordinary evangelistic outreach event, really. Invites all these people to encounter Jesus himself, encounter the one, encounter the Saviour. And so he has this party and all these people are there. It's amazing. And they get to encounter the one who says, I love you and I have a plan for you. And I, I'm, not, you know, I'm not bothered by your background or what you're involved in. I, I love you and I value you. I remember, you know, when I first came to faith, I can sort of relate to, you know, this, this, this party, uh, this, this Matthew party that he's having here. I can kind of relate in a way. I remember... Uh, you know, and I'm not real proud of it, but pre-Christian days, I became a Christian at 18 and a half, but, but that was my life uh, through my teenage years. It was every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and, and it was just party scene. And, and, uh, and, you know, like I said, I'm not real proud of it, but I, I didn't know any other way. It's really sad, to be honest. I just didn't know any other way. This is why it breaks my heart for young people today that, that there is a better way, that you don't need to get, I, I didn't think it was possible to have fun or enjoy my life without being blind drunk. That's the reality, which is really sad, very sad. But I didn't know anything else. And so I just thought, okay, you wanna enjoy your life and have fun, this is what you do. You go to parties and get blind drunk and all this sort of stuff. And, and, and it, it, you know, you think you'd have fun, but you'd wake up the next day going, why do I do that? Or what, you know, it's just awful. And so, um, but it was amazing because when I came to faith, I, I just lost, and, and everyone's story is different, but I lost all desire to drink because all of a sudden my life was full. Jesus says, I've come that they may experience life and life to the full. Why would I bother drinking 
when I encountered the Saviour, why would I, my life was full. I did experience joy. I experienced everything that He offers. And I just thought, I don't need to do that stuff anymore. But you know what? I still went to the parties. And, uh, and I'd go to these parties that I used to go to, but I didn't worry about drinking anymore because I, I was having fun. Man, it was inside of me, like the, the Saviour. It was amazing. And I would go to these parties and I just, I just want to, I'd try and just tell my friends about Jesus. I'd try and tell my friends about God and be like, and, and they'd be talking to me about anything but that. And I'd, I'd twist it around back to God and all this sort of stuff. And I remember numerous occasions, you know, as teenagers, my mates would be breaking up with girlfriends and all this. And we'd be sitting out the front of some party in the gutter. And, uh, and my mate would be, you know, upset about it. He was just broken up with his girlfriend. I was saying, mate, don't worry about it. Like, just respond to Christ. Like, this, he's all you need, you know? And I'd carry around with me little, the very prayer to receive Christ bit of paper that I received and I prayed on the edge of my bed one night, I printed out more of them and I had them in the glove box of my car when I turned 18. I had them in my back pocket and I'd just, I'd just have them ready. Always be prepared. Hey, always be prepared. And I'd have them ready and they would be talking about everything but that. And I'd say, oh, but you just need God. And it was a, it was a amazing, a amazing thing because I just wanted people to know because God's for everyone. Like it wasn't just for some or the elite, it was for everyone. And you know, through that season, I remember Nathan back in the day before Alpha and stuff like that, we used to run a program, um, Pathways to Purpose, I think it was. It was kind of like a, a foundations of Christian faith. And I just started attending here at the church and, and Nathan was here. I think he maybe was intern pastor, but he ran a program with all my mates from school, like six or seven of them. Oh, not all of them. I had more mates than seven. Uh, but, but, um, <clears throat> but quite a few of my good mates and he ran that Pathways of Purpose with him. He said, that was the greatest, or maybe it still is, I don't know, but the greatest group in terms of like leading people to faith. They're all non-Christians sitting in this group and doing that course together. And it was an amazing time. God loves everyone. God loves every soul. God values every person. And it's so evident here in this passage, so evident. Here's Jesus, the outcast of society. And Jesus says, I wanna have dinner with you. That's really, it makes me emotional. It really does because... He's so amazing. You know, people in society, they say they're outcasts. I don't have time. I don't have the time of day for these people. The, the culture and the world in which we live, it's so self-centered and it's so selfish. My life is all about me. And God says, that's not how I operate. People just trample on people in society that, that, that can give them nothing. And God says, but I... They may be overseen, but I don't, I don't overlook them. I love them and I value them. It really makes me emotional because God's so amazing. I just wish people could encounter Him more. I really do. And it's so clear in this passage. In Mark, it's so clear. This is the value of God. The value of God. That's why for me, it's so important to put myself into, and it's not easy, but put myself into moments. I've got to fight my own selfishness sometimes and put myself in moments where I can rub shoulders when, in paces of society that seems dark and intense. That's why, uh, you know, through certain things like red frogs opening up the door and things like schoolies and festivals and sporting environments and things that, you know, society might look at and say, oh, it's pretty full on. And I love engaging in places like that because the darkness is no match for the light. And when we engage in places where society says, oh, it's pretty dark, it's pretty full on at schoolies, the light, it literally penetrates the darkness and it breaks through. And I just, I always feel in moments like that, just recently again, you know, going to these festivals and seeing, you know, helping out in Triage 10, even just recently, uh, the festivals are starting to come back a little bit after COVID and up to the big pineapple festival one Saturday night and there in the Triage 10, just helping people that are tripped up on ice and, and, uh, and drugs and, and all this stuff, helping them. And there's something, about it so powerful as I'm there. And you know what? I, I could do, I could spend my Saturday night doing a million other things, but I want to engage in places where God says, this is where I want to be too. Where God looks at these people and says, I value these people. Who is going to help them? And, and I just say, God, I'm in. Like, I, I want to be in. And, and here we are in these places and there's something powerful about it because you see the hand of God. You see the hand of God in some of the darkest places because God wants to engage in these spaces because He loves everyone. He values every single person. And so God, God has created, you know, 
God wants to use your life in some of these spaces. And maybe you understand this message and say, yeah, no, okay, I understand faith and I've come to know Him. But He's got an extraordinary journey for you. And yes, you know this message, but it's, it's not just for me and it's not just for you, it's for everyone also. So yes, there's an element I understand for many of you go, yeah, I know that, I know that. And I'm walking in this, but you know, it's not just for us, it's for everyone, this message. And, and He wants you, because there's something powerful, isn't it? It's so awesome to be in community here. So amazing. And it's right and it's good to be in community here. And it's so exciting and it's so easy to come here on Sunday. Like, honestly, I've got the greatest job in the whole world. I get to spend all my, not all my time, but most of my time with you guys. Like, it's awesome. This community is awesome and it's so great, but you can't stay in it. And He's called us to more than that. And it's important, but you can't stay there. Remember Peter up on the mountain there, Jesus is, is with them. And Peter says, do you want me to set up some tents and we'll just stay here? This is extraordinary. And we're called to more than just staying and meeting in community every single time. And that's what happens sometimes that in our Christian world, particularly once you start working for a church, you start being so engaged in church land and church world. But, but God wants to push us beyond that as well and push us out and engage in spaces where, where, where there's elements of society that people just aren't engaged in. But, but He wants to see His church engage in some of these places. And you know what, maybe you've, I just thought of something, maybe you've done ministry in the past in some of this space, but for whatever reason, you've, you've pulled back on that. And maybe God says, engage in that again, re-engage in that again. Maybe you used to do it, but He's, he's prompting you today, get back involved, get rid of the distractions, get rid of the stuff that's, that's pulled you back from it and re-engage in it because that's where my heart is. I leave the 99 to chase after the one. And in the same way, I eat with these people in society that, that people look at and say, no, 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 I'm not interested in these sort of people. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why does he do it? This is unusual. Nobody does this. It's so unusual. And like I've said here, Jesus is showing us the character of God. Recently, I sat up just in that lounge, in the Connections Lounge up there with a young lady who started attending this church. And one of our young adult girls just met this lady just uh, down at the dog park and, and just engaged in conversation a few times. And then uh, they just kept talking and uh, eventually the subject of, of church kind of got brought up one day and this young adult girl said, do you, do you wanna come along one time? Would you like to come along? And, and, uh, and she came along. But you know what? As I sat with this lady and, and uh, one night she was leaving, I think it was her second time to church and one night she was leaving and I just felt this prompting, oh, pray for her, pray for her. And I said to her, you know, <clears throat> could, I, could I pray for you? I don't know if anyone's ever done that before, but I, could I pray for you? She said, yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that, second time to church. And, and the young adult, the young adult that was here uh, herself and this lady, we just ended up sitting uh, at the uh, lounge there and we chatted for a little bit. And, and, you know, she was just so blown away. And I just said, how's it been, you know, coming along? And she said, I, I just cannot believe. She said, I cannot believe this community. Like, this is just unbelievable. And uh, she was about to have a baby and and she said, it's just incredible. Like, and she, she was just emotional, just crying, experiencing the love of this community because, because, because this is God's heart valuing every single person. And, and she'd experienced some hardships and, and, and things like this. And yet she'd just come a, just a couple of times and she just encountered the love of people here, the love of God through you. She'd encountered it and experienced it. And she was so emotional, so emotional. And there was two girls, uh, young adult girls in our connect group that heard about how she was having a baby. And, and she was, uh, this young adult girl said she was really nervous about it and, and first child and she didn't know what to get and what to do. It was all really new to her. And a couple of our young adults girl just went, young adults girls uh, went out one day and just bought this massive hamper pack of like baby things like nappies and wipes and creams and soaps. And notice I know all about this stuff now, you know, three kids in and, uh, and, um, and uh, bought this massive hamper for her, their own money. And they that, that hadn't even met her. Do you know what I mean? They'd never even met the woman, but they just heard of the need and they said, yeah, we can do something. So they went out and they bought all this stuff for her. And then they didn't even give it to her. They just gave it to this young adult girl. The, the, the connection said, do you wanna just give her this? This massive hamper, it was, it was amazing. And they gave it to her. And then she said, and these, these people have bought me a hamper pack. Like She's like, this is, this is insane. Encountering the love of God. 
And, uh, and so we sat on that lounge and, and I prayed for him. And I said, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but have you ever kind of responded to Christ and said, I want him to be Lord and Savior in my life? Like you're experiencing him. Do you wanna know him like in a personal relationship? And she was like, yeah, I wanna do that. Like she was just in. She's like, I wanna do that. Like, why wouldn't you when you experience the body of him? Why wouldn't you wanna go, yeah, I'm in. Like, he's amazing. I, I can already experience what, what his, his church, what his body does. I, I, I wanna know him personally. And she goes, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. And we sat only about six weeks ago and she responded to Christ just there. It's just, it's so amazing, so extraordinary. But this is what he does. He, he transforms people's lives and he's for everyone, every single person. He's for you, but he's for everyone. And so even if you know it, you've got a message. You've got some great, I honestly believe you've got great news to tell people. I really believe, I believe it from the bottom of my heart. And so on hearing this, you know, that when the teachers of the law and the Pharisees saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus came for the sick and for the sinners. Do you know who that is? Everyone. We all fall short of the glory of God. Even if you're super close to perfection, you're not quite there yet. It's you, it's me, it's all of us. It's really good news, really good news. He came for the sick and He came for sinners. And you know, sometimes there's, there's people, there's some of you, there's some of you that are listening go, I, I know I need help. Like I, I, my life is a mess. There's no doubt about it. But sometimes there's proudness in our own hearts that go, oh no, I can sort of do my life. And maybe life's gone really well for you and you're thinking, no, I can do this on my own. But there comes a point in our lives where if we want the, the hope of eternity, if we want to experience life and life to the full here, regardless of how full you think your life is right now, there comes a moment in our lives where every single one of us must humble ourselves. Now, for some of us, it's gonna be easier than others. And for some of you, maybe you haven't done it yet because you think, no, nah, I can do it. I can do it. I'll, I'll kind of opt in and maybe God, I know He's there, but, but life's pretty good but there comes a moment where we just gotta humble ourselves and say, all right, God, I'm in. <clears throat> all right, God, I need you in my life. I need you in my life. He's for everyone, every person. You know, uh, a few years ago now, down at schoolies, we were there and, and uh, serving during the week and, and uh, we get a phone call come through. And it was a phone call of a schoolie that was concerned about his friend actually. So he rings through and he says, do you reckon someone could just um, check on my, my friend? So we get this phone call, it's about 3 a.m. in the morning. And uh, I think I shared this with the, a little bit of it, just with the youth the other night. And I don't think I've shared it in the morning. But, um, and so we get this phone call, 3 a.m. in the morning, can you check up on my friend? I'm concerned about him. He's just, he's awake, he's on his own. He's just sitting on the veranda by himself and he's been drinking heaps. He just seems down and depressed and I just want someone to go check on him. So we go, absolutely. And we get this phone call and we walk to the hotel. Walk to the hotel, go up to the 36th floor. It was quite high up. Uh, 36th floor in this hotel. And uh, we come out of the elevator and uh, he didn't know the exact room number, but he said, you kind of come out, turn left. And then it's one of the doors on your right. And so there's about six doors in this floor. We come out of the elevator and think, oh, Okay, so we knock on this door on the right, hoping it's, it's a group of schoolies and not some residents or something at 3 a.m. And uh, so we knock on the door and no one answers. And we're thinking, oh, we can't just keep knocking on door to door here. This is crazy. We had the floor right, we knew that. And so we're knocking and we think, maybe we'll try and call him back. We call him back and he's explaining, just go out, it's this door and we, th we think we've got it right. Anyway, we get off the phone, we knock again and um, <clears throat> no one sort of answers and then we're just talking to each other. What are we gonna do? Eventually at that door, it actually does open up and a schoolie sort of peers out and he goes, oh yeah, hello. And it looks like we've just woken him up. We said, oh, so sorry, mate. We just had a call that came through of um, a friend that was concerned about another friend. Is, is he here or whatever? And he's like, oh no, I don't think it's, I think you got the wrong room. So we apologise, said, so sorry, go back to sleep. Um, and uh, and uh, he closed the door and that was it. And we thought, what are we gonna do? Like, we can't just keep knocking on doors. And as we're talking a bit more, that same door reopens and that same schoolie peers his head out and he says, hey guys, he looked pretty concerned. He said, guys, I think you better come in, come in, please come in. And so we, we walk in and he opens up the door and as we walk in, the entire apartment's dark, all the lights are off, everyone's asleep. 
But as we walk in, there's a glass uh, cabinet, like glass sliding doors that go out onto this balcony area, just a big glass uh, there. And, and so it's all pitch black. And as we walk into the room, there's a schoolie out in the balcony on his own. And all, the, all his other mates were asleep. We woke this kid up. All his other mates were asleep. He's out there on his own, but he's laying across the balcony rail. Half his body's over the edge and half's on the inside. And he's about to go over 36 stories up. And as he's laying there contemplating this, he, he, we walk into the room and he just turns and he looks at us and he looks at us and he's, he's, he's watching us. And, and there's, I've got two other mates with me and they turn to me and they go, what do we do? What do we do? And I said, let's move swiftly, but calmly. Just let's move, let's move. And, you know, there are those moments where it's like a two word prayer, like God help, God help. And, and you, you know, that's all you're praying, but God, you know, it's more, there's more to it than that, but, but God understands it's, You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I'm praying. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking, I'm not sure if this doesn't go right, I'm not sure how I'm gonna cope with this. And so, you know what I mean? Like, it's so, it's so full on and we're watching him and he's just contemplating, he's watching us. And we start moving, we've still got to move through the unit building, he's watching, he's watching. And we're going to move through the apartment, we get to the sliding doors, we unlock the sliding doors, we open the sliding doors and he's still, he's still half his body's over, he's about to go and he's watching us, he's just watching us. And as we move across the balcony, we nearly get to him and he falls on the inside of the balcony and lands on the balcony. And we race over to him and we grab him and, and, and we say, hey, uh, we're here to help you, we're here to help you. And in this moment, one of the saddest moments, one of the saddest moments of my life, he just says, he just keeps repeating time and time again, leave me alone, my life is stuffed. Leave me alone, my life is stuffed. Leave me alone, my life is stuffed. Uh, what, 18 years old, maybe younger. Leave me alone, my life is stuffed. And, uh, and we said, we we're not gonna leave you alone. We're not gonna leave you alone. We're here to help you. Your life is not stuffed. Your life is not stuffed. There's something in me that says, you know, I'm convinced he's not the only one that's saying that in society today. He's not the only young person or old person that's saying that in society today. Leave me alone, my life is stuffed. I have no purpose, no meaning, no hope. And to think someone that young would just decide, I'd rather just take my own life than keep living in this world is the most tragic thing when I think you have no idea your heavenly father loves you and he has a plan for you. And so we're saying, we're not gonna leave you. We've got to get you inside. We've got to get you inside. And we're trying to coax him. He says, just leave me alone. My life's stuffed. It's done. And so we try and get him inside. Eventually he agrees. He goes, okay, I'm gonna come in. He's like, just, just, just hands off. I'm gonna walk inside. I'm gonna walk inside. So we're right there with him. And, uh, and he stands up. And as he stands up, he runs back to the balcony, tries to throw himself over. But this time we were in distance. We were able to grab him. We grabbed him, pulled him back onto the ground and we said, we, we just whatever we need to do, we're picking you up, we're getting you inside. And whole bottle of Jim Beam, he'd drunk and out there, he's very drunk, intoxicated. And we get him inside, we lock the doors and his friend was already on the phone to police and ambulance and they came and arrived pretty quickly and they took him to hospital. But I'm convinced he's not the only one that in this world, in our society today, that's running rampant with so many needs, depression, anxiety is running rampant. And all the, the hopelessness that surrounds us. He's not the only one saying, just leave me alone. My life is stuffed. But you know what? When you encounter God, He says, hey, these people aren't too far from me. This is who I came for. I came for every single soul. This is His heart. He loves and values every single person. There is no one that's too far from Him and He loves every single person. And so, yes, this message is for us but it's for the world. This message is for you, but it's for everyone. It's for everyone. And I just wish that day, I just wish in that moment we said, my life is stuffed. I could have said, are you kidding me? Jesus came for the sick and He came for the sinners. That's what He says here. I came for the sick and I came for the sinners. It's not the healthy that need the doctor, it's the sick. And I think there's a lot of sick people out there 
but I think there's certainly a world that is sick spiritually. And I'm convinced that Jesus is the answer. I'm convinced He is the one. He is the way, the truth and the life. And all we need to do is say, God, I'm in, I'm available. Use my life so that I can point people towards You because I actually believe You are the answer from the bottom of my heart. You don't have to do much. You just come and say, God, I'm available. Use my life. This message is for us, but it's for everyone. Great God, I pray, and even in this moment, there's many who are sitting here, many that are listening and they're saying, I know the message, but it's not enough to know it. It's not enough to know it, great God. And so please, we repent and and we ask, great God, that You would stop us just from knowing this and becoming puffed up on information, but saying, oh God, move us into action. And I thank You for what is taking place, but we just pray, God, that You would burden and set a flame in our hearts, a set a fire in our hearts that says, I cannot and I will not sit still. I cannot and I will not do nothing. I cannot and will not look around at the needs around us and, and, and not do something. And so, great God, we pray, we pray right now in this moment, by the power of Your Holy Spirit, that You would just afresh fall on us and awaken and burden our hearts for the world around us. Shake us up in Jesus' Name. Awaken, revive our hearts, oh God, to to Your world and to, to Your children. And I pray, God, that right now in this moment, that as we just surrender our hearts to You afresh, we just say, God, use us, use us to share this remarkable message with the world around us. Father, there may be one listening right now online, watching online, listening via podcast, whatever it might be, there may be one right here now that says, actually, I I need to respond to Christ. I need Him as my Lord and Saviour. And if that's you in your heart and in your head, you can just pray this prayer, dear God, I wanna surrender to you right now. God, I've tried to do it my own way. I just wanna repent of that and let you be Lord and Saviour in my life, so come. Father God, thank you for making a way. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for rising again. Come and fill me now with your Holy Spirit. I surrender to you. Use my life. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Father, thank you for those that responded. And uh, Father God, I just pray, You'd awaken us, awaken us afresh, great God, to the things of You and what You wanna do. Awaken us to the needs in our street, in our suburb, in our schools, in our universities, in our workplace. God, I'm absolutely convinced in a world that seems becoming darker, even the smallest bit of light can have a tremendous impact. It's not the big things, it's often the small things. And we can do the small things. We're available, God, so use us. We can do it with the empowerment of You, Father God. So help us, Lord God, help us to see the need and meet it. Even in the smallest need, Father God, help us, we pray. Move us into action, great God, we ask. Lord, we surrender to Your fresh this morning. We worship You, great God, and we love You in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen, amen. We're gonna worship our great God now. Let's jump up on our feet. But you know, as we worship Him now, as we uh, sing honour and praise to our great God, there's still an opportunity for you to respond. And, and uh, it's, it's not always necessarily about coming down the front or whatever, but you know, God's made a way that you can speak to, directly to Him. And so in this moment, as we sing and we praise and honour Him, just pray if you wanna, you, you just pray to Him and say, God, use my life. If, if He's spoken to you this morning in some way or another, just, just say, God, I'm in, I'm in. Like, just use me, use me, God. And uh, show me, show me where the need is. Show me what I need to do. And uh, there's, there's something powerful. You know, Discipleship 101 is listen and obey. That's it. I'm convinced Discipleship 101, listen and obey. Hear Him, what is He calling you to do? And say, okay, God, I'll do it, I'll do it. And He'll empower you. So feel free to respond to Him now as we, as we sing and honour Him.
This truly is the best news in all the world. We are so, so blessed to know this truth. It says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. Talking about Jesus, to which the law and the prophets testified. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. This is for every single person. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. This is for every person. We're all in need of this. Wherever we are, every single one of us. Jesus came not for the righteous, but He came for the sinner. He came for those in desperate need of help and salvation, every single one of us. And so we are so blessed to know this news, but we cannot keep it to ourselves. He has commissioned us. As we've been praying over this 21 days, ask the Spirit of God to come, to move within us. The Spirit of God has came to empower us to be His witnesses to the ends of the earth. That is our commission. So I wanna pray just a commissioning over us now as we head out for this season ahead, in fact, as well, I believe. But for this week as well, God will commission us, send us out, and that we will stay so close to Him, aware as we come to the foot of the cross, we come all equal as one, all in need of His salvation and forgiveness. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this truth. We thank You, Lord, that this is why You came. And Lord, thank You that You came to rescue and to save us, Lord, in desperate need of Your help, Lord. All have sinned, all have fallen short, Lord. Thank You for rescuing us. And now, Lord, I pray that we would never lose, Lord, the reality of the power of this good news, Lord, that it would be central to everything for us. The good news of the gospel that you, Jesus, has come to redeem us, Lord, to set us free, Lord. Keep us the foot of the cross, Lord, so aware of this message, great God, and Lord, compel us by your love to go out and share with our world, our world that desperately needs to know, Lord, the hope, Lord, to know that you are the only hope, Lord. It is only found in you, Lord Jesus. So Lord, send us out to be a light in the darkness in this season ahead, Lord. We are praying, Lord, for just many to come into your kingdom, Lord, that we'll hear story after story of you using us powerfully to bring this message of good news, of hope in you, Jesus, life in you, Jesus. You are the way, the truth and the life, Lord. So we declare this now. Commission each and every one, I pray. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. Please be seated if you'd like prayer. Our prayer team will be down the front here. They'd love to pray for you. Whatever your need might be this morning, just a reminder too, this afternoon, tonight, Pastor Billy will be sharing with Luke as well. Bring a friend along. And our vision booklets are available as you leave, as well as our prayer request stations. God bless you.